0: Hey, good afternoon, Top Fans. It's Bill from Top Fan Rivalry coming to you with another clubhouse. One of my favorite guests to be in it and a new guest. So I've got Sam, who's my Giants fan from the East Coast, who you guys know and love. And we brought Steven and his dad to tell us even more stories. So this is going to get fun as Giants fans. And, you know, we'll see how this plays. They have to be Dodger fans tonight because... We're playing Milwaukee and there's a wild card thing going on for the Giants. So I'm just enjoying that side of it. But boys, thanks for coming in the, the podcast tonight. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having us. Hey Bill, it is always a pleasure to join you.
0: Hey, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. So let's let's get started. This one's going to be fun because we've got history. And if there's nothing better than baseball, it's baseball history. So, Stephen, let's start with you. I, I love to hear a little bit from you on – how you became a Giants fan. I, I've i heard from Sam, it's like a birthright in your family, but how you became a Giants fan, where it all started. We'll get to some of the memories in a second, but but tell me a little bit more about that.
2: So, uh, you know, my grandfather was, was a big Giants fan. He was originally from, from the island of Manhattan, which is where the Giants played at the Polo Grounds. And um, so my father growing up was a Giants fan. You know, it was... It was his father was a Giant fan. He was a Giant fan. Uh, even though we lived in the Bronx, and uh, my mother happens to be a Yankee fan, but we don't we don't we we just sort of ignore her when she like gets on her rant.
1: Just um, regularly because uh, she doesn't know how to regulate herself.
2: Yeah. So all I hear every time I talk to her is, "How do you like my Yankees?" I'm like, "My, I haven't watched a game all year." But um, <laughs> I was born in 1954, and yeah. uh, for Giant fans, you know, fifty-four was a good year. Willie Mays was back from the Army. Willie Mays won Rookie of the Year. Uh, you know, the Giants won the National League. And back in the day when I when I was growing up, you know, there was the National League and the American League. You know, if you won 114 games and somebody won 115 games, that you didn't there were no wild cards. <laughs> it was no playoffs. You know, your season was over. So you know, the yeah. Giants won in 54 and they ended up, you know, as we know, they beat Cleveland. You know, we all know about the catch, you yep. know, which I have hanging in my bedroom signed by Willie. And um, my parents have a, have a picture in their living room of my father holding me in his arms. And in the background was the television. And it said Giants beat Cleveland, win world series. Nice. And, um, I thought growing up until the time I was 56 years old, I didn't know if I was ever going to see them win the World Series again. I mean, I saw them lose in 1962. I can still see the ball off of McCovey's back with Maison and Bobby Richardson making the catch. You know, I, I can, I remember sitting in my living room, you know, my, my two sons, one was born in 87, Sammy's older brother, Jake, which was the year they won the division. And uh, that was after a long drought in the desert giant fans and Sammy was born in 89 you know the year they beat the cubs and they they you know and they got to the world series and then there was an earthquake you know and and i remember going we finally made the world series and they're not even going to play a game in the stadium i mean they played all the games in oakland that year so So,
0: was 54 by the way just just check me on my math here. Was 54 the shot heard around the world?
2: No, that was 51.
0: Oh, 51. Okay.
2: 51. That was um, when they were 13 and a half games back in August. And uh, they caught the Dodgers at the, at the, uh, the well, actually they, the Dodgers actually caught them because the Giants had won the last game and the Dodgers were losing big to Philly and um, came back and won that game the fourth to three game playoff. And then the Giants won the, the the Giants won the first game. The Dodgers won the second game. The Dodgers were winning the third game until, you know, the, uh, the, the, the series of incidents that led to Thompson coming up. Um, We, I actually have the, uh, the Russ Hodges call was put out on an album. It was a 78 by Chesterfield cigarettes. And I had the album with the cover. You know, the shot heard around the world. And I have to tell you, as a Giant fan, there is nothing better in the world than listening to that call about the Giants win the pennant. It's just, I it, mean, I still get chills every time but, I see it.
0: Listen, so, every time for Giants fans, it's that one. Every time for Dodger fans, it's Kirk Gibson's it's, in a year that has been so improbable type right. thing when you're having a rough season it's good to hear that so have you ever steven have you ever heard the story between gil hodges and bobby thompson in the parking lot uh,
2: actually i will tell you that i went to a book signing okay with 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 um bobby thompson and ralph branca okay where they went over they went over everything they went over the whole series they went over the rivalry i actually I have one copy, and I gave one copy to Sam. I have I have two pictures signed by Branca and Bobby Thompson. Okay. One is Bobby Thompson at home plate, and he's swing he's he's already swung the bat, and you see the trajectory of the ball going into, into left field, and Branca's on the mound. The, but the better picture is a picture of Bobby Thompson crossing home plate and a shot from the outfield. And all you mm-hmm. see is Jackie Robinson's back with his head down. Yep. Because if, if you, you know, the the talk about the rivalry that year was that the Dodge, the Giant, and the Dodger, the Giant, in the Polo Grounds, the visiting team's dressing room was right next to the home team's dressing room. Right. So I could keep everything through the walls. And. When the Dodgers went up 13 and a half games, they beat, had beaten the Giants, they were in the polo grounds, and the Dodgers started talking a lot of trash, especially Robinson. You know, they were giving Leo DeRoche a bunch of golf, and they were doing also, and And they re, the Giants were sitting there listening to it, the whole thing, and when it, when it was all over, you know, DeRoche just looked at him and said, is this how you want your season to end? And that they, they say that that's what spurred them to go. I mean, they went on an unbelievable tear, you so, know?
0: So you ought to listen sometime. There's a great, there is an absolute great, phenomenal, phenomenal documentary called um, Ghost of Flatbush. It's all about the Dodgers leaving Brooklyn, but it's about the Dodger Giants rivalry and the Dodger Yankees rivalry. And, Gil Hodges' wife tells a story that Bobby Thompson and Gil Hodges ran into each other in the parking lot on that game that night of that ge- before the game. And Bobby looked at Gil and said, one of us is going to be a hero today and one of us isn't. And baseball gods answered that you know comment, right? And so if you can, I'll have to find the clip and send it to you. But Gil Hodges' wife tells this wonderful story. And I, that's why I was asking you if you had, had heard it before.
2: You know, I, it's interesting. You know, I, I live in New England now, and I went to school here. And, um, you know, everybody always talks about the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. And believe me, I live here. I was here when Bucky then hit the home run. And, and you, don't, you know, it's Bucky blank dead up yep, here, right? Yep, I mean, yep. Red Sox fans, you know, never got over that. And, you know, they would always say it's the greatest rivalry in baseball. And I would look at people and go, let me tell you something. The giant Dodger rivalry, which was very intense in New York, right? And then the Dodgers move and they stoned them into moving to San Francisco. That rival you know, you're know, you talking about a rivalry that went 3,000 miles and is, is as thrilling today as it was when it was in New York. I mean, you go, you're in, in Pac-Bell, which is what I call it, because I was there in the inauguration season of 2002. So whether it's Pac-Bell, t Oracle Park, you know, I, those beat LA signs, I mean, they're, you know, there's no, you know, Giant fans, I told Sammy early on, your birthright is to love the Giants and hate the Dodgers. I almost get more fun <laughs> out of the Dodgers. When the Dodgers lost the seventh game of the World Series, it didn't matter that the Giants were in the playoffs that year. There's nothing better than watching those guys not win. I mean, I, that's just the way. That's just the way we're built. And I mean, Joe, I can think of seasons like Joe Morgan's home run to keep the Dodgers out of the playoffs. We, it didn't matter that we weren't in the playoffs. We stopped them, and yeah. and that for us is it. You know, part of it is you know the 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 um, it's sort of like the Yankee Boston thing, right? San Francisco is the smaller city, the hippie city. You know, L.A. has got all the stars, and you know, Sammy and I, you know, tell the story. We uh went to spring training, and we went to a we went to an afternoon game, and then we went down to Glendale to see the Giants play the 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 Dodgers. And we, I scopped a couple of tickets. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I scopped a couple of tickets. You know, at this stopped.
1: point, it was 11 years ago. So who's going to yeah,
2: remember? We ended up sitting. We got great seats. We were yeah. like five feet from the Dodger dugout behind home plate. So we were right near Tommy Lasorda, who in my house used to say, <laughs> Tommy Lasorda, that fat blank. You know, yeah. that was just how we referred to it. <laughs> and, and um, you know... <laughs> <laughs> we so we get there you know half an hour before the game starts so we're watching the players and we're talking you know between the netting and this and that the game starts about three innings or two innings into the game three Hispanic gentlemen in dodgy regalia come and they sit in front of us and I'm like it's the third inning <laughs> you know I mean you, you come to a baseball game uh, and the Giants ended up taking a big lead. And in the seventh inning, they went to leave. And I said to them, So this is just like LA. You come in the third inning and you go home in the seventh inning. Yeah. You know, I've been at Giant games in, in Pac Bell where they're losing by five runs in the ninth inning and no one's left. Right. You know, it's just a whole different culture. So. so- you know, okay. we, but we're giant fans. And and one quick story, when I took Sammy to his first spring training and we're sitting there and, you know, we're talking and there's all sorts of people around us. You know, we're in Scottsdale. And a guy turns around, he looks at me and he goes, where are you guys from? And I said, well, you know, we're from the Jer- northern, northern New Jersey. We're from New York. And he said, well, why are you here? And I looked at him and I said, you know, The Giants weren't created in 1959. They didn't just show up in San Francisco. And I will tell you that of all the franchises in all professional sports, I've been to three breakfasts with the World Series trophy brought back to New York by the Giants organization. I'm a member of the New York Giants Preservation Society. We had breakfast with Willie Mays, Buster, Brian Xavier, Larry, Larry Bear, Bochi, they bring us the trophy. We get to see the trophy. Take, you know, they we talk baseball because the thing about the Giants is they're very, very conscious of their heritage. And the largest Giant fan club is in New York. I mean, you go, you go to a game in New York. There are more giant fans in that. Well, maybe not this year because the Mets are playing so well. But, you know, usually when the Mets aren't playing well, it's all giant fans. And mm-hmm. as we all know, you know, or if fans don't know, the Mets colors are giant orange and Dodger blue. That's right. why the blue and orange. You I know?
1: Actually, actually, I actually... <laughs> I I have mentioned that on this podcast with Bill just a couple of times and we actually me and Bill and I were on with a close friend of both of ours Sarah who is a Mets fan and I actually had made brought that to her attention (laughs) and Bill I can't remember you might recall did she know that it was giant orange and dodger blue no she didn't I didn't and 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 I've had, and I've said this to Dodger fans. I mean, you and I have had this conversation, Bill and my friend, with numerous, numerous Mets fans about how they just, how their heritage, like they're there. They're even in, they're in existence because we left. You know, it's not, it's not like, oh, all of a sudden, now we're going to put a second team here. It's okay. We had three teams. We now have one team. And, oh, wait, we really can't have one baseball team in New York. So they made the Metropolitan. And, yeah. you know,
0: so. So, it, so it Robert, Robert Moses, when he basically was surprised by O'Malley, Malley move in Brooklyn, O'Malley talked with the ownership of the Giants. And, and you're right, Stephen, like it was a huge thing for the Dodger Giants to move across country and you still have i still talk to people the last time i was in new york city um, a cabbie thought and this was years ago this was probably 15 years ago but a cabbie thought that i didn't know how to get to my hotel which was by battery park and we ended up in flatbush on flatbush right okay. and i looked at the cabbie and i said what are we doing in brooklyn like, I, cause I had flown into like JFK, I want to say, I said, yeah. what are we doing in Brooklyn? And so he's just trying to rack up a fee, right? And he says, we're not in Brooklyn. I said, that's Flatbush. That's Ebbett Field Apartments. I know exactly where we're at. Get me to Battery Park. And um, when all this thing shook down with all this, like them moving, Moses had to figure out a way to, to save it. And as we were passing by, a place on, on Flatbush and something. I don't remember exactly where it was. There was a big sign, which in New York, it's not big, but it was like a four-story building. And the, it took the whole f- side of a building that said, bring our Dodgers home.
2: Well, I will tell you, it is really interesting. Most, there were very few Dodger fans left in New York. When the Dodgers left, the 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 fans felt so betrayed. I mean, so utterly betrayed. Most Dodger fans became Met fans. Yeah. The gi- giant fans, on the other hand, because Stoneham was basically forced into moving. Right. First of all, they were playing in the Polo Grounds. It was across the river from Yankee Stadium. I mean, it was, it, was, it was, you know, it was, I've never seen it. It was a cavernous, it was a terrible place to play baseball. And, right. you know, they basically said to Stoneham, they made him a deal and they said, look, we need you to go. We need to have a West Coast presence. And the Dodgers have already gone. So, you know, we need you to follow. So Giant fans just felt like they had no choice. I mean, um, but I'll tell you, as a kid, you know, rooting for a team that, you know, and, and my friend, I had, you know, growing up, it was who's better, Mickey Mantle or Willie Mays. I mean, I, you know, I'm a Willie Mays guy. I mean, to me, there's nobody. It's just the greatest baseball player that ever played. And I would only be able to get to see them if A, they played the Mets, mm-hmm. or B, and and in the beginning it wasn't even there were no Mets. So it wasn't even if they played the Mets, right? It was before expansion. They used to have the game of the week on. And it was on every Saturday afternoon. So when the Giants would be on the game of the week, that so I maybe got to see, I don't know, eight, nine games a year, ten games a year. I mean, I have MLB season's ticket for the last, you know, fifty. So I watch 145 games a year now. You know, I see every game. If it's on, I'm I'm watching it. And, um, you know. Good, bad, and ugly. We're watching. My my whole lament is, and, you know, younger baseball fans coming in today won't know any of it. Or if they know it, they won't appreciate it. But, you know, I'm a National League guy. And I'm, I'm a baseball fan. You know, and and you know this whole designated hitter thing just burns my ass, right? Yes. Yes. This whole this whole there's no extra innings in baseball now. You know we're gonna start. I remember Sammy and I being in spring training and looking up, and there was a guy <laughs> in second base, and I said, "How did he get on second base? Nobody got a hit." Yeah. And they said, "Oh, they're trying out a new thing. they are extra innings. They're gonna put a guy in second base to start the inning," and I'm like, "Why?" Well, we looked at each you know other. What? They don't want extra. And I'm like, this is big. What are you talking about? We, you we can't just change. Why don't we just make it then one strike and one ball? And, you know, it, I mean, it, it, I I just don't get yeah, it. So well, that, we we literally brilliant. looked at each other. And we were like,
1: this isn't baseball. And, and, the, thing, not-
2: and the thing that boggles my mind is that, all right, so now there's no out. You got a guy in second base.
0: Yep.
2: Nobody bunts. Yeah. Yes. Nobody bunts. I mean, yes. the manager, the first thing I do is say is put up a, a righty, bunt down the first baseline, get the guy to third. Now you got one out man on third, a hit, an infield, a, a ball to the right side, a, a fly ball, a pass ball, you score a run. I'm like, nobody, but I'm like, this is, I don't get it. I And that's because they don't know how to bunt because they, so- they well,
1: funny statistic, quick statistic, the Giants actually have more uh, single bunts this year than any other team. The Giants have 25 infield singles off of bunts this year, which is more than any other team in baseball.
0: But that is something abnormal because we don't bunt anymore. We're we're always shooting for the long ball. The thing that, that drives me nuts, Stephen, not only that. So two things that drive me nuts one the guy shows up on second base without doing anything the relief pitcher gets the loss so right so tell me are you happy are you happy if say that scenario didn't happen are you happy with your relief pitcher giving up a base hit to the first batter and striking out the next three sure you are because who cares right but in this scenario you gave up the winning run right, right. which that's stupid now on a defensive side we don't Throw four pitches anymore to walk people. We just hold up four fingers and they just walk. Right. If I'm a manager, I'm holding up four, and I'm having first and second with nobody out because guess what? Now I just set up a double play.
2: Right. You guys want to
0: bunt? Go ahead and bunt, but I just set it up for a double play. Good luck, boys. You know.
2: Well, there's not, and a lot of that. See, I love that strategy. I loved where there's no designated hitter. You're down by a run. You got a man on on second or first and second. You got one out. Your pitch is in the on deck circle. It's the seventh inning. What do you do? Do you pinch hit for him? Do you not pinch hit for him? I mean that that's the whole great part about. It's I mean baseball. Baseball. I mean
1: the problem so, though nowadays is that Shohei Ohtani showed up, and it don't matter who if you got a pitch if you got a pitcher in the warming up because if it's joe Antani he's either getting it in the field or he's hitting a home run
2: i don't know if you remember don robinson who pitched for the giants back in in the in the 70s um but he, he was an outfielder that they made a pitcher
0: yeah
2: don robinson would pinch hit hey they needed a pinch hitter they because the guy could hit the ball you know it wasn't one or the other um there was um I, I don't know if it was on Major League Baseball, but they, they do these shows where they like profile certain players. And they, and they did a profile on Juan Marichal. And they talked about one of the greatest pitch games, you know, ever, which was Marichal against Warren Spahn. And it won 14 innings. And in the 14th inning, Marichal was still pitching and Spahn was still pitching. And the Giants won 1 0. And they were talking to Marichelle about the game. They said, you know, you pitched a 14-inning game. And they said, you know, what What? What would happen next? And Marichelle said, four days later, I got on the mound and I pitched again. <laughs> I mean, there was no, you, all right, your pitch counts 100. We're taking you out. We're bringing you in to face the left-handed guy. You're going yeah. to the pitch. Like, you know, I mean, and I, look. I saw Javi Lopez come in. I, I know the whole deal. That's why I love Baumgartner, because he would, you know, he would come out there and he would pitch. And and I miss that that it's gotten to the point now where it's they've taken away the strategy part of the game. Right. And they say we're gonna do the designated hitter, because it score scores more runs. And I think it scores more one more run a game. For right. one more, you're changing the whole, you know. And they're like, well, pitchers sh- pitchers don't know how to hit. I'm like, well, you know what? It's baseball. You know, oh, centers yeah. don't know how to throw the football. You're going to get rid of centers in football? I mean, it's like stupid. So yeah. every year that they try to, we'll do the clock, the pitch count. You know, this thing now where these guys walk off the mound and they're checking their hands. Right? I mean... I remember, you know, in the old days, right, these guys hit, hit sandpaper in their freaking, in their gloves. They used to cut the ball on their belt buckles. I mean, you know, baseball was like a down, it was a down and dirty, you know, you won, you know, you you, you slid into the base if you took the guy out. Um, did you see, was it last night's game against Cleveland? So Cleveland law ended up, it was in like the third inning. Man on second, or man on third. Guy to ball in the outfield. The guy on third comes home. The Cleveland catcher catches the ball, tags him out. Now he wasn't like standing in front of the plate blocking it, but he was definitely like there was no like, "Hey, come on and slide into home play kind of thing. And he got the guy was called out. They reviewed it. They said the the catcher did not have a clear lane. They called the guy safe. The yep. next guy up hit a hit a two run homer. So yep. instead of the inning being over, it's now three nothing. Cleveland ended up losing the game three to two. And I gotta tell you, after the game, the players were pissed. They and the been. players, players were having none of it. You know, they they, been. like the umpires stole the game. I and was, you know, and I remember Buster getting hit. You know, it there's a way to... to to, to do it and not to do it but but I, I think a lot of the times now the umpires take control of a game that they really have no right taking control of I like,
0: agree a like, C- couple of nights ago real quick before I like, good, turn you to Sammy a uh, couple of nights ago you saw um Anthony Rizzo get hit on a curveball that started behind him and, right. he, and he moved to get out of the way and it curved into his leg and the umpire kept him at home and I'm like no 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 He's a left-handed batter facing a left-handed curveball. He can't see it. It was behind. What's he supposed to do? Go in the third base dugout? Like, right. run? Like, what? You didn't give him a shot. And so when yeah. he kept him at home, I'm like, uh And so when he's sitting there slamming his helmet on the thing, I'm like, take it all out. Go yeah. ahead, Anthony. You deserve it. Go for and it.
1: It's, and it's, and it's, in those situations, it's even worse. And I agree. Bill and I have had these conversations offline. About umpires, I they are they are consistently and have consistently been getting worse, and we could go into this conversation for hours. But Dad, I had a question for you, and I want I really wanted to hear, you know, I really want to hear this story. So, I know you've seen a lot of Giants games, but I'm sure you've also seen a lot of non Giants games. Watch them, yeah. been to them. I want to know of all the non Giants games you've watched. What's the one that you? can distinctly remember.
2: Okay, so when I was probably about 13 and I was going to a summer camp and we as a camp trip went to see the the Mets play the Cubs and Tom Seaver was pitching and Tom Seaver had a perfect game going to the ninth inning. <laughs> and he got one out. Now, I'm 68 years old, so this is 55 years ago, right? And Jimmy Qualls got up. Now, there aren't a lot of people that know who Jimmy Qualls is, but this is – and Jimmy Qualls got up and hit a Texas league or a blue right in front of Cleon Jones. And Cleon Jones ran in, and he couldn't get to the ball, and Tom Seaver ended up pitching a one-hitter. And, and I can I can I can still see the ball, like Jones running in, realizing he's not going to catch it. One out in the ninth inning, perfect game, shattered. Now Man. fast forward, and Sammy's seven years old, and we go on a we take the Cub Scouts to Yankee Stadium and see the Yankees play the Twins, and David Wells is pitching. And it gets to like the fifth inning, and it's Beanie Baby Day. Right? So all these kids got beanie babies and cards for the Yankees and the Twins. And gets to the fifth inning and I keep score. When I go to baseball games, I'm I keep score. I got a program, that's what you do. I'm sorry. And so so, so, guy sitting next to me who actually spoke tonight, Sandy, Mr. Russell called me. And I'm sitting next to Jay Russell, and he says to me, you know. Anybody got on? Anybody got on base? I said no. Nobody's got a hit. Said, now, by the sixth inning, the kids are getting restless. They're like, "Why did anybody get in the hit? This game's so boring!" And all the adults are like, "Shut up! Shut up!" Like <laughs> right? Chuck Nabla, who is 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 fielding, had been atrocious. Makes a play at like catches the turns his head, folds his glove up. Catches the ball out his ass, right? Throws the guy out. Paul O'Neill makes an unbelievable catch in in left field. He gets to be the seventh inning, gets to be the eighth inning, right? Now you're thinking, you know, this, 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 this is history, right? Up, to, at, up until that point, there had only been thirteen perfect games in MLB history. You know, Wells got Wells coming out for the ninth, retired the side, and I turned to the kids and I said. I know you didn't think this was exciting, but there have only been 14 of these in 130 years of baseball. <laughs> you know, people people have been yep. coming. It's like getting a hole in one. People have been coming to games for years and have never seen one. So now I, I got Sammy, I got a, a, a ball from the game signed by Wells. And if he still has it, Sammy has the ball, the beanie, oh, base, and the baseball. Well, I
1: do. Ball. I actually showed it to Bill on our very yeah. first podcast when I was. blown so, so out, I showed the whole thing up. it's it's packed away right now. I'm, I'm hoping by the end of August, I will have my office set up to a point where I don't have to use virtual backgrounds on My conference.
2: wife was one of those reluctant baseball fans. She married into it. She still wears her Buster Posey shirt. she's she loved Will Clark. When we first got married, Will the thrill was like her favorite, and that was a great Giant team. Hum, baby, Roger Craig as a manager, and Robbie Thompson, and um, you know, um, that that was a, that was a good group of ballplayers. But she, for the amount of games she's been to, she's seen the perfect game, and she saw uh, the Giants one hit the Mets. And yeah. I don't
1: oh, no hit, no hit the me. match. It, no was the, no, it was a no, uh, it the
2: There were people that go to baseball games, that hundreds of games never see this stuff. You've got to see both, yes.
0: Okay, so we've got about four minutes left. So I'm going to ask this question of you first, Sam, and then I'm going to ask it of Stephen. And I'm going to keep you guys to two minutes each, okay,
1: and, Bill? Real quick, I never thought you would find someone that could talk about more baseball.
0: Oh, than I. I could do this all night. Problem I is I, I could be here all night. Trust me. And, and when we're done, fellas, I'm going to tell you something that's Steven's going to make you laugh that okay. you didn't see, but it's going to make you laugh. All right. So here's the question. I'm going to keep you guys to two minutes. Okay. Tell me about the one experience. Uh, Giants experience that you had. That is just one of those experiences that you just don't want to forget. Okay. You got two minutes. Sam, go.
1: So for me, so for me, the one experience I'll never forget. And again, I'm still young in my experience, you know, growth to have all of these experiences. So dad, if this is yours, I'm sorry, but I'm taking it. Um, the one experience for me that I'm always going to cherish that I've had with my father, with the Giants and going to games was the wild card game we went to against the Mets. There you go. Um, Bumgarner and Syndergaard were pitching lights out. It it was a shame. It was 0-0 going into the light. It was 0-0 the entire game. It we Me and him turned to each other into the eighth inning. And me and my dad looked at each other, and we were both said. It was like, it's going to be a shame that one of these pitchers has to lose. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it was before DeGrom became DeGrom. Um, He was still really young for the Mets. So Syndergaard was the guy. He was Thor. It was the year it was, I can't remember if it was 15 or 16, but it was the year that Syndergaard was like Cy Young Award-worthy, like lights out, got the Nick, got everything. So we're watching the game. And our, our journeyman that year that just all kept coming back, Connor Gillespie gets up, hits a home run. You could hear a pin drop in that stadium. And you just hear sporadic across the stadium cheers. We look at each other, we cheer, we like, okay, now we have to sit down because it's getting bad.
0: You want to be able to get home safely.
1: Yes, but the real the funniest part about that was was that they had a D, they had a pinch hitter up in on in the warm-up circle. And after Gillespie hit the hit, (laughs) you just see Bochi go. And pump Gardner goes right back out, swings. And his bat almost wasn't a home was another home run. So there you go. It, it was that is gonna be a memory I always will cherish
0: with my dad. I love it. Steven, go for it.
2: Well, that would have been, I mean, that 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 was a one, you know, being the only two Giant fans in the entire section in the outfield was kind of <laughs> intimidating. I'll tell you that when when the giant and I wasn't at the game, but in 2010, when the Giants won the World Series, I um, I didn't know what to do. Like when they when they got the final out, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know whether to cry. I didn't know whether to yell. I I w- I think I was so dumbfounded by the whole experience. And right. I was 56 years. I had waited my entire life for this, and, and I, I I was like. Up until, like, the last pitch, I was sure, you know, because they were the most unlikely group to win a World Series. I mean, they had Aubrey Huff. They had people in thongs. They had Lincecum. They were just – I mean, they were – Cody Ross came up big. Renteria. I mean, they was just – they were amazing. Um, And as good as that was, because I didn't know what to do, two years later, right – they play the Tigers, and the Tigers have beaten the Yankees. And all my friends in New York, the Yankee fans, are like, well, you don't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. Man, Tigers are going to kick your ass. I mean, you guys aren't mm-hmm. that good. You know, and uh, the first game, Pablo hits three, home runs off Verlander. You know, we don't want to sweep the Tigers. So not only did I get to enjoy every minute, because now it was just, it was a four-game sweep, there was no pressure, it wasn't like 14 where it went to the seventh game, and I really, really, really got to enjoy that series, and um, I also love to tell all the Yankee fans, like, you thought these guys were really good? We beat them in four games.
0: (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) Of and course, you're going
2: to do that. One, one quick one quick aside. Um, my dad, who was a huge Giant fan, obviously, and we talked every night, and passed away in May of 2010. And when the Giants got hot in August, I remember saying to my mother, God, he would have loved these guys. They are just like so out of control. And, you know, they, they beat Atlanta, and then they beat hmm. Philadelphia, and then they beat Texas. And yeah. I, and I got a plaque it. it said giants, world champions. And I wrote on it, pop, you would have loved these guys. And I, ah. went to the, and I went to the cemetery and I have a picture of his gravestone and the sign. And every year they won, I go back to the cemetery and I put the same thing up because I know up there. He's there you he
0: go. He's pushing for it.
2: That's right. he is.
0: Well, Fellas, I so appreciate you guys having. I could do this for hours, but um, we're gonna stop it here. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna bring you guys back on because there's some specifics that I'd like to hear about the Giants at some point. So let's do this again. Could we agree that that we maybe we get this these three of us together again? Hundred
2: percent.
1: We, we've got some things in the hopper, so you know I'm gonna be here for a while.
0: There you go. Well, top fan rivalry followers, this has been. As a Dodger fan, this has been a treat to listen to these Giants stories because they're real stories and they're real um, effects on people. And so I appreciate you, Stephen, being on. Sam, I appreciate you being on. This has been phenomenal, and I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. So, fellas, we'll have you on again soon.
2: Great, awesome. Thanks for having us.
0: You bet. You bet. <laughs>